0: bonus pod bonus pod bonus pod bonus pod bonus pod (laughs) bonus
1: pod
0: ah shit we doing another bonus pod we just saw the new wonka film starring timothy chalamet who are we? We're a podcast. This is a bonus episode. I don't have to do the whole fucking spiel. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this shit. You're going to hear this about an hour after we, after we record it. Uh, so, we just saw the new Wonka movie starring Timothy Chalamet and Hugh Grant. And. Uh,
1: starring Hugh Grant is a little bit of a stretch.
0: Starring Timothy Chalamet and featuring Hugh Grant.
1: There we go. Uh.
0: Before we get into the spoilery part, we're going to keep it uh, pretty clean with some gut reactions. Mm -hmm. I know you did not want to go see this.
1: No, I did not.
0: (laughs) And when I saw the trailer for it, there were a few beats in the trailer that made me go, this might actually have something. So I was more optimistic going in. So coming out of the movie, how'd you feel?
1: It was charming. I don't regret it. It was very whatever. I am not the target audience for this.
0: <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good movie. It has flaws, but all of my favorite movies have flaws. I'm not saying this is a favorite. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, good good movie. Good movie. Definitely for kids.
1: Absolutely for kids.
0: Very kid-friendly. From the producers of Paddington. And it shows. In a good way.
1: It was... It was very fun. It's not... It's not for kids the way that, like, Trolls is for kids, where it's loud and bright and annoying. Though this is definitely refreshingly, like, colorful and fun.
0: It's, It's bright and cheerful. It's sweet, but not saccharine. Yeah... It's got a good heart. It's got good morals. It's very anti capitalist. Hell yeah.
1: Weirdly anti capitalist.
0: Uh, in a wonderful way. <laughs> I was like bouncing in my seat clapping when the charts started happening. Like, yes! Get a Wonka!
1: Um, there are some problematic elements that we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, But. It felt like an animated movie that they forgot to animate.
0: Yeah, it felt it, it was cartoonish, but not yeah. like in a it was cartoonish in the same way that Kung Fu Hustle is cartoonish?
1: Yeah. As
0: as like intent.
1: Exactly. It was like intentionally larger than life.
0: Yeah. Um It's magic. It's fairy tale.
1: It's very magic realism.
0: It's like almost higher up on that magic scale than like the original one is, it's up. It's up there with the the two thousand five Johnny Depp one.
1: Yeah, it's uh, what's that joke from? um... The explanation for why they're so slow in the original Star Wars trilogy is because there's fewer Jedi and Sith using <laughs> and the less, force. And
0: there's less force, so it's less strong. Yeah. So they it's can't like, do flippies with the lightsabers.
1: It's like Waka's still young and hopeful, so <laughs> his. <laughs> his powers are greater.
0: <laughs> he's he's using redacted in his chocolate still and redacted almost certainly went out of stock by the time we get to the, the later movies. And that's why the chocolate isn't as magical. I don't, I don't know if saying that he, he makes chocolate out of literal thunderclouds is spoiler.
1: Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> yes, he it's very, like, witchy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, if... We've inspired you with our initial gut reactions to go see the movie. Pause the podcast right now and go see the movie and then come back and listen to the rest. If you don't care, keep listening, because from here on forward, we're going to be spoiling the shit out of this movie.
1: Spoilers!
0: So, even in death, Roald Dahl still finds a way to abuse children and shame fat people.
1: (laughs) Oh my god.
0: He sure does. And that is... A huge point that you were making on the original podcast was the fat shaming, and there is a runner in this where the chief of police is being bribed by the chocolate cabal.
1: Keegan-Michael Key, chief of
0: police. Uh, doing a Brooklyn accent in this town, which just filled me with joy. Uh... But the chief of police is being bribed by the chocolatier cabal of Fickle Gruber, Broadnose, and Slugworth. Yes. He's being bribed in chocolate to handle Wonka as Wonka is trying to make his way as a young chocolatier in some town.
1: And the implication (laughs) is that they've done this multiple times and this is a standing thing. Yeah.
0: And they are bribing him with so much chocolate that over the course of the movie, he gets fatter and fatter until he can barely get out of his police car.
1: Yes. It's, I'm pretty sure he's in a fat suit at the end.
0: Absolutely. It it was either a really good fat suit or halfway decent CG.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I'm leaning towards the latter. I feel like a lot of the sets were computer... Computer enhanced at the very least.
1: Yeah, especially like when Wonka's first getting off the ship and he sits on that um, Mm. car. I was like, why is this CG? Like, this specific shot?
0: And that's something I I adored about the 2005 film was how much of that was practical where they could do practical. We talked about the squirrels and the chocolate river. I don't know how much of this was the same. I and that kind of separates me a little bit as a viewer.
1: I would be very surprised if there were any practical effects beyond Hugh
0: Grant. I was looking for them when he opens the chocolate shop and he's got the, the big chocolate tree and the bridge and the river and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out how much of that was practical and it didn't feel like a lot.
1: Yeah, it. it there was a lot of like Sims for his feet aren't quite touching the stairs. <laughs> Yeah. It still looked decent.
0: Yeah, and it's bright and colorful. Yeah. It looks like what you expect Wonka to look like, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, it, it goes back to the aesthetic of the seventy uh, the 71 movie.
1: Which is actually something I wanted to bring up, which I brought up on the walk home. Okay. Is that I think it's very funny that they went the Dr. Sleep route with this, where this is the sequel to the movie that the creator didn't like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> especially since the creator didn't like that one because it gave too much character to Wonka, and here he is, in all his glory, Wonka, jazz hands, like...
1: <laughs> do we want to do a quick attempt at a plot rundown? Yeah, uh,
0: might as well. Uh, so, Wonka arrives at a town which is never named.
1: It's... Okay, so I know I just said we're gonna do a plot rundown, but I did adore how they deliberately obfuscated where this town was supposed to be, because it definitely had, like, a European, German, Mm. Parisian aesthetic. Like, the chocolate, what was it? The chocolate gourmand, or whatever. Oh, the,
0: um, the the gallery, or whatever it's called. Yeah, the
1: gallery gourmand. That was clearly, like, Parisian-inspired. It was either
0: French or, like, the original Crystal Palace in London,
1: yeah, uh, people had different accents depending on where they were, what class they were. But
0: there's like a zoo that had the Giraffenhausen, <laughs> but the library at the end was like, it said like the university library in Latin, so like all the signage was in various languages. Uh, the opera I think was Italian, It was stuff very, like that. Is which I like, I appreciate that. And like the... Because uh, it doesn't take place in our universe, there's a Lupa land.
1: The Catholic Church... Was clearly, like, Italian. <laughs> with with head priest Rowan Atkinson. Corrupt head priest Rowan Atkinson.
0: <laughs> so, Wonka arrives in this town. This town's entire economy is built on chocolate. hmm It's what the police chief and... And apparently the, and, laundry. Rowan Atkinson, and laundry. Well, <laughs> with all that chocolate, you know, you got the stains, you gotta get them out. Uh... Wonka arrives because it is the place where the best chocolate is sold by the three kingpins of chocolate Slugworth, Fickle Gruber, and Prodnose. Mm-hmm. Slugworth being the head of the cartel. Yes. He arrives, uh, he blows his seven silver, was it silver? Twelve
1: silver sovereigns.
0: Silver sovereigns. I'm confusing it with uh, should be Wonka, Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson. If you smell what the Wonk is cooking.
1: I'm going to sandbag you so hard, because I hate it so much. You
0: hate it so much, but it's so good, and I'm so mad I didn't put it in the last episode. Uh, he has his 12, uh, I already forgot what they're called.
1: 12 Silver Sovereigns, which I think are real money, but...
0: It's it's fake, fake Europe money. Yes. Uh, he accidentally blows his 12 Silver Sovereigns in one night.
1: It's not even one night, it's like six hours.
0: It's not even six hours, it's like the course of the opening number. Yeah. So to sleep for the night, he ends up signing a really shitty contract with a laundromat played by Olivia Coleman, who is fantastic. What a great casting choice. Uh, Basically, he gets a night for free, but he spends so much in hidden fees because he doesn't read the small print of the contract. That he is basically indebted into slavery to work at this laundromat until he can pay off his debts at one silver shilling. Silver.
1: Sovereign. Sovereign.
0: Oh my, I'm never going to remember it. (laughs) It's so generic. It's just generic enough to leave my brain. Uh, He earns one a day and he owes 10000 so he'll be there for 27 years.
1: And there are four other people that have also been tricked into this plus a little girl who was sold to them. No. uh -uh. (laughs)
0: No, she Gifted was into them? dumped down the laundry chute in an attempt to rid her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Noodle is her name. Noodle. So Wonka devises a way to escape this. Uh, first, His first day, he does go to the gallery and tries to sell his chocolate. And so far, so good until Slugworth calls the cops on him. Yep. Kick him out of town. Then he finds out he, that he's indebted into slavery And he works up a scheme to break himself out. Basically, he gets the guard dog to do the laundry for them with a contraption in true Wonka fashion. Yes. Goes out in the world. He enlists the help of the other five captives of the laundromat to run the operation, basically, until they can buy a store. They have a grand opening. Everything's going so well. But someone poisoned the chocolate with, I think it's Yeti sweat, (laughs) Uh, which causes everyone's hair to grow and skin to change color. Yes. So, they burned the chocolate shop to the ground. (laughs) Like, one lady is like, I'll teach you to give my daughter a mustache, and, like, cuts a chandelier loose and burns the chocolate factory, chocolate uh, store to the ground.
1: And, um, the whole reason that Wonka wanted to do this is because his mother was the one that taught him how to make chocolate, and
0: he... He would get one chocolate bar a year that she would painstakingly make by taking one cocoa bean a day until she could have enough to make one bar.
1: Yes. And uh, she was the best chocolate maker he knew, and she promised him that she would be there at the grand opening when he shared his chocolate with the world and he's disheartened because not only did his chocolate shop get burned uh, into a shell, a husk of its glory, his mom, his dead mother did not show up to to celebrate with it.
0: But you know what's wild? When his store burned to the ground, that chocolate cherry tree was still there. And yet the Indian sun <laughs> is too much for Prince Pondicherry's palace. He really had it out for that guy, huh? He
1: really did.
0: But anyway, in in his lowest moment, Slugworth, Fickle Gruber, and I want to say Schmitz now. But <laughs> that's, a, that's a Dr. Seuss reference. I'm, I'm never going to remember all three. They arrive and offer him a way out. Leave town, never make chocolate again, and we'll pay the debts of you and all five of your comrades. Get them into freedom. So he takes the deal because Wonka's a good person and he wants to do it for Little Noodle. And he gets on the boat alongside the uh, Hugh Grant Oompa Loompa, who has been, <laughs> oh yeah, who has been stealing his chocolate for years because one day Wonka stole four cocoa beans,
1: which was all that the Loompa Land crop grew.
0: And because Hugh Grant Oompa Loompa, who is just credited as Oompa Loompa, but we can call him Lofty, or what do they actually call him? Shorty Pants. Shorty Pants. Uh, so Shorty Pants was on guard duty at the time and slept through guard duty. So his obligation is to pay the cocoa beans back 1,000-fold. So he's been stealing chocolate from Wonka over the years. He's also on this boat, because at this point, he only, he only needs one more jar. And Wonka's like, I can't give it to you. I've got, I've, I've made a deal. I'm not going to make any more chocolate. I'm on this boat to the North Pole. And then he realizes that the imprint that Slug knows... no. Slugworth. Slugworth. Uh, You see what I mean? Yes. There's an imprint on his hand from a handshake he had with Slugworth of Slugworth's family ring, and he recognizes it as matching a ring that Noodle has, except I think it's an A for Slugworth's first name.
1: Arthur, yes. And Noodle's
0: is an N, or is it? Uh, He recognizes the imprint in his hand and goes, wait a minute, puts two and two together, and goes, Noodle's in danger, and he's right. Because instead of paying her debts, they paid the laundromat to keep Noodle there forever. Because she's secretly the heir to the Slugworth fortune and has a claim on the Slugworth fortune. Yes. So Wonka goes, all right, gotta tell the captain to turn it around. And the captain has transformed into a pile of dynamite that's about to blow. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they jump ship, swim to shore. They bust Noodle out of the coop, which is a sanitized version of the, what's the Iron Maiden in Matilda? The Chokey. The Chokey. It's a chicken coop, but it's like three stories up, so she can't just jump out.
1: It's a pigeon coop, my love.
0: What did I say? Chicken coop? <laughs> yes. What's the difference between a pigeon and a chicken? We eat one and we chase the other out of our yard.
1: We uh, we cruelly abandoned the other. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah. Uh, so they bust her out, and they realize... Uh, or they, One of the uh, guys that's part of their crew, Abacus, he was a former accountant for Slugworth... And he knows that he keeps a second book filled with evidence of his bribery.
1: These names are so so Raw doll esque I do have to congratulate the people that wrote this movie. Like, did
0: he have a manuscript hiding somewhere? He couldn't have, because he hated the idea of Wonka having a backstory. Correct. So, they come up with a plan to break into the vault where the secret chocolate reserves are, as well as this book of misdeeds. Noodle and Wonka get in, they get caught... They are sentenced to drown in chocolate. Yes. If You
1: say sentenced, they leave them to drown in chocolate.
0: They own the government in this town. <laughs> Sentence is the same thing. They are judge, jury, and executioner. One is, uh, you know, is Fickle Gruber's is a judge. And, no, anyway, <laughs> They leave them to drown. Before they leave the room, though, Wonka gives them a jar to give to Shorty Pants. Yes. When he shows back up. Of course, they all eat the candy.
1: Yes. And you never steal from an Oompa Loompa.
0: So he goes, All right. Or, uh, Shorty Pants finds this out and goes, Okay, you owe me back a thousandfold. And steals their entire chocolate reserve, saving Waka and Noodle. Yes. And then their plumber friend who worked at the laundromat wires all of the chocolate into the city plumbing, completely mixing it with sewage. <laughs> and in the final moments of the film, As he's sharing not his chocolate with the world, he's sharing their chocolate with the world. Keep that. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, He turns
1: it into Wonka chocolate. He does turn it into Wonka chocolate. If we're going to drown,
0: we're going to drown in Wonka chocolate. He's like grating nutmeg into the chocolate. (laughs) And Noodle's like, there's glass up there? Like, we can just float up with the chocolate and then try and get somebody's attention. He's like, better plan. (laughs) So he shares his chocolate with the world. He sees a vision of his mother. And he opens the last chocolate bar she made. And inside is a piece of gold foil written on it what the secret ingredient of the chocolate is. And it's not an actual ingredient. It's who you share it with. And would you look at that? This bar is pre-broken into six pieces. One for every member of the heist. (laughs) And just like every prequel, like Rogue One, where you introduce a bunch of people that are definitely not in the next movie. They all die of food poisoning from this clearly expired chocolate, except for Wonka because he's an actual wizard. The end. That's not actually what happens to everyone. Everyone lives happily ever after, as told in Oompa Loompa song over the closing credits. They
1: find Noodle's mom and reunite her with her mother.
0: Wonka agrees, uh, comes to an agreement with the Oompa Loompas to have them work in the factory uh, as tasters originally, and then eventually his slaves. Because he learned from the laundromat.
1: I think it's just shorty pants at first. At
0: first, it's just him, yeah. (laughs) Um... I imagine we'll get a second prequel where they save Lupa. Oh, excuse me. Where they save Land from some sort of climate disaster. <laughs> I can only assume
1: some chocolate-based climate disaster.
0: Well, they barely have chocolate as it is. <laughs> chocolate gl- grows so rarely in, in Lupa Land. That's why they had to guard their four cocoa beans. That he just nonchalantly went, "Ooh, chocolate." <laughs> left. Um. So that's kind of how the movie goes. Yeah. I really liked it. I can't lie. Um, the the fat shaming thing aside, which even that, at least for kids, is a great visual representation of that man's greed. Because as he's fallen deeper and deeper into corruption and greed, he looks more and more like a giant pig. Because he's a cop.
1: He is a cop.
0: He's a greedy pig. Uh, I can definitely see how it can be misconstrued. But I don't think that was the intent of that.
1: The thing is, when you have a... When you're using fat as a visual representation of greed and corruption, that's the problem. It's
0: tying the two, yeah.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: Like, it's... I'm not even joking when I say the entire economy of this town is based around chocolate, so you can't have him like have a thicker wallet because money kinda doesn't mean anything to these people.
1: When they're in Wonka's um shop, a guy asks for they they're literally giving them the money and he's like, Do you want your change in edible form or spendable form?
0: It's like spendable or edible, and he's like, ooh, edible and chocolate coins pour into his bag. mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Just take an extra twenty-three silver sovereigns. sovereigns. <laughs> Just at the cashier. Uh, the other thing that bothered me, besides the uh, and, and I, my 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 nitpicks are are few and far between here. Like we said, I do enjoy this movie.
1: We're not holding this movie to the standard of a Citizen Kane. It's fun and charming.
0: It's a good. It's a really good kids movie. It really is. Yeah. Uh, probably better than the seventy one. The
1: seventy-one does not feel like it's made for kids.
0: The jokes, the jokes are way more accessible in this because they're within its own world. Yeah, there's not a a member of the Nazi party in Paraguay <laughs> in this movie that children will not understand. <laughs> the thing that I wanted to say is uh, the other nitpick I have is it goes down the uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade route, like how did Indy get his hat? How did he get his scar? Mm-hmm. But for like. Things that Wonka does in the 71.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Like, early on in the opening number, he's going down a staircase, and then he backs up two stairs, and he goes back down the staircase. He does the cane twirling.
1: See, I just thought those were, like, fun mannerisms to indicate, like, this is something he's always done. It that's felt, fair. It felt more like an homage than a, this oh, is yeah. a... Oh,
0: These ones weren't egregious. Okay. Um. It was just so many things like that.
1: There were Hugh a lot.
0: Hugh Grant saying the uh we are the dreamers of dream dreams lines at the end. Uh when Wonka sings Pure Imagination at the end. Yeah. It's and it I'm I'm of two minds about it because as it happened in the movie, because that theme, the the, the come with me. Yeah. And like that it's used in the trailer and it's that melody is in the score throughout. So when he starts singing it, it's built to and it works. But it is like, uh, you wrote some good original songs in this.
1: There were some very <laughs> fun original songs.
0: The Scrub Scrub song was great. That was really good. And the <laughs> reprise of it when he's explaining how, because it's a song they sing when they're first, when he's first introduced to the laundromat, how yeah. it goes. And it's the song they sing every day. And when he introduces the uh, dog powered laundromat, he's messing with the song and they're changing the lyrics and in the lyrics they're referencing that the lyrics are changing and things are wrong mm-hmm. and it's it's great it's brilliant it's there's really also good writing
1: a lot of really fun visual gags in that scene like when he takes the ladder out from under her and she's just dangling
0: <laughs> and they're like oh, I gotta get her now <laughs> he's just reckless about that yes but there's so many things like that um someone used the word nincompoop at one point and I was like Definitely used that in the 2005 movie.
1: Um, See, I actually felt like a lot of the touches weren't overdone. Um, I did think that the golden ticket at the end was a little much.
0: That was the big one. um, Because he opens it in the same shot. Yeah. It's like Um, a reveal that there's a golden ticket
1: the his outfit like the opening song he's explaining that his outfit is just like his shitty work clothes that he has i was like of course the iconic outfit is just what a poor sailor would have like
0: he arrives in pants he bartered from a mailman and that's why the dog (laughs) dog chases him yes his boots are leaky yes his hat is like so he explains that before he became a chocolatier he wanted to be a magician and he would do little magic tricks for his mom yes and at one point, somebody tells him, like, you can just disappear. Like, or if you could just disappear like a magician. He's like, well, if I had a stage, but, like, this is the real world. He's doing literal, like, wizard shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, pulling, he's pulling a full cup of hot cocoa and a candle that lights by blowing on it out of his hat that has been on his head the whole time. Yes. It's...
1: How... He's... He's... What's that, what's that stupid... He's got a bag of holding in his hat. <laughs>
0: yeah. His hat's a fucking bag of holding. But he still needs to map out where all the sewer drains are in the city so that he can hide it's, from the cops.
1: The nonsense level of the world is not clear.
0: It's varying. There's yes. a varying nonsense level. Like, the first candy he gives to people in this town, make it's fizzy lifting drinks on fucking drugs. <laughs> but disappearing is too much? Apparently. And... Noodle doesn't believe that there's a little orange man with green hair that steals from steals chocolate from him. You literally just saw three people float into the sky <laughs> after eating a chocolate, which you've never had before, little child.
1: Were you also a little uncomfortable with like, are they making this a romantic thing? A little is bit. This
0: a... <laughs> it, I th- it towed the line, but it didn't cross the line. Yeah, because she is like a literal child.
1: There's the. The thing that the the really uncomfortable part is the like dance scene in the square, like specifically when they are dancing together at the end, when it's the like romantic dancing. I was like, mm, she's like five. The, like after
0: the bit with the giraffe at the zoo. Yes. When they milk the giraffe.
1: Yes. <laughs> when
0: they milk the giraffe. Um, I actually thought that whole sequence was gorgeous. It with was... the balloons.
1: Yes, no, no, no. Not the balloon part. That I really liked it's okay. the part where they land at the end and they're doing the straight up just like waltzing. The waltz specifically—that's the closest
0: it got for me. Yeah, and I'm like, i like, I still don't think it crossed the line though.
1: She, it was just like, mm, it's like the 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 bit I think in Asteroid City, um, where we were like, is the the Tilda Swinton character and the um, the kid. Jason Schwartzman kid character, where we were like, "Is she gonna fuck this child?"
0: Oh yeah, it yeah. Was, there was a moment of, "Oh, oh, no, nope, we're doing something different." Okay, good. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it was like that kind of vibe, and I was like, "Why?" It's if I had two nick, if I had a nickel for every time there was an uncomfortable sequence between an adult and a child.
0: It it felt parental in its intent. Yeah. And I chose to accept that as what it was. Yeah. But that scene, uh, the precursor to that with the balloons, there's a... So they milk a giraffe in a zoo. (laughs) And not five minutes after telling her not to steal, he steals a whole fucking batch of balloons. It's
1: okay to steal from corporations, you just can't steal from
0: people. I don't disagree, but he didn't clarify. (laughs) It's an important distinction to make. (laughs) They steal balloons and they float into the sky and they have a little dance number. It was like, I think I whispered to you, this is some Cirque du Soleil shit. Yes. But it was gorgeous because the balloons are so colorful and it's at night and they're dancing on the glass roof of the gallery. Yeah. And there's lights underneath them. And that's that's something I've always loved since college was under lighting in, in stage and film. And it was just a gorgeous dance bit. There's a bit where she lands on his shoulders, and they're doing the same steps. Yeah. And it was just really, really well choreographed. I loved that sequence.
1: I did like. They didn't do this often, but I did like the joke, the punchline of the cop, like interrupting the beautiful moment to be like, "Sir, that guy you wanted to talk with, I think I found him." And it's like you can see them on the roof, and the cops like, "What the fuck." <laughs>
0: <laughs> floating they, down.
1: they didn't do the DreamWorks where you can't have any emotional beats like you are still allowed to have emotional beats that I think was the one time where they kind of punctuated it or, or punctured it but it was like they, it was funny because they did it once.
0: They didn't want you to get to that like euphoric high so to speak mm-hmm. like that emotional high until the end yeah so it's like a good wrestling match where the babyface is about to you know win the match and then the heel beats him down one last time and we gotta go into the third act cause immediately following that scene is when he gets uh abused by a police officer
1: you'll get more than a bonk on the head I haven't gotten a bonk on the head what oh, is with s- me
0: tonight one second he pulls out the club <laughs> the hard cut right at moment of impact
1: doesn't he He gets smacked, like, three times. Like, everything is rule of threes in this movie.
0: They nailed rule of... I thought the writing was great.
1: Yeah. The script
0: script was really, really good. I feel like
1: it was pretty tight.
0: It was solid. Everything wrapped up. Even little beats. So, when they break into the zoo the first time, he gives the zoo guard a candy that makes him feel like he's had a whole night out on the town. Which is just layers of different liquors. And he goes through like party stages, singing and dancing stages. The final the the, the sad whiskey stage (laughs) where he makes bad decisions and then he calls his ex. But she's not even his ex, it's just a girl from his chemistry class. And then later on in the movie, they do the same thing to a different guard, and she happens to be the same girl. Yes.
1: And he's little like hiding on top of the elevator. He's like, Who would have thought? Like, what are the odds?
0: (laughs) And then at the end, when everything comes together, they see each other in the crowd and they meet and they kiss.
1: That's the second wedding caused by a Wonka chocolate.
0: Because there's the other guy with no confidence. Yeah. Like he's proposing and she's like playfully like, I want a man who will take me on adventures. Can you do that? And he's like, no, you're right. I'm just too sad and no (laughs) self-confidence. And then Wonka gives him some drugs and giraffe milk, macaroons, giraffe milk, macaroons, and they end up having a wedding later in the movie. Mm-hmm. It might even be at the end of that song. It is, of Because that takes over like two weeks. Yeah. Uh yeah, a lot of like really solid beats. The Prodnos is a very literal guy. So when they're negotiating with the chief of police, Slugworth will say, like, we'll make it appear like he had an accident. And three times during the movie, Pradnos says, in which he dies. <laughs> And then the third time, it's in which he died, because they think he's dead. Yes. And then the other two laugh, because it, it worked that time. And we laugh as an audience, because Rule of Threes, it's slightly different. It's a well-written joke, which is internal to the universe of the movie. Yeah. It. It's a good script. I honestly
1: thought that, I mean, you know what my favorite joke is, which was that Fickle Gruber can't say the word poor. Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Three times! Three times! Three times he dry heaves on the word poor because the poor make him so unhappy he throws up in his mouth. That's a good joke.
1: It's an excellent joke. (laughs) It's a really good
0: bit. So we've been dancing around it a little bit. We gotta talk about Timothy Chalamet. Yes. I know he's not your favorite. I think he has some good qualities. I wouldn't say he's my favorite, but I respect him as an actor for what he does the characters he plays. What were your thoughts on his portrayal of Wonka?
1: I mean, he was aping Gene Wilder. It's hard to fuck that up.
0: I thought he was aping more Johnny Depp.
1: I feel like he did... There were moments where I saw the Johnny Depp, like that moment where he's like smiling with like the underlight. After he almost gets eaten by the tiger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, I was like, that's a Johnny Depp thing.
0: Like, he had some individual lines that were wilder lines. The, uh, scratch that, reverse it, he does in his uh, his first, like, sail pitch. Yes. But there were some, like, vocal... Oh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, his his vocal techniques were, like, Johnny Depp's. You know, he, like, some of his cadence and some of his rhythm and own you know
1: yeah um
0: because the writing was definitely going towards wilder
1: yeah it felt like he was he had the kind of johnny depp energy in that he refused to be put down by obvious uh things that would fuck up someone else like anyone that had any sort of grounded reality in this universe would be like oh well the chocolate cartel is after me i'm gonna fucking like peace out but it was more. It was more like he was going to be. He was going to bend the universe to his will, which is the kind of vibe that I feel like Johnny Depp's character had.
0: Yeah, I can. I can see Johnny Depp's portrayal of Older Wonka coming out of this portrayal. I can also see Wilders. Yeah. It, it was just a fascinating performance on that level.
1: I just. I. Don't think he did a bad job. I don't... I haven't seen pretty much anything else that he's in except for... I've seen bits and pieces of his performance in Little Women.
0: And French Dispatch. We And French Dispatch.
1: Yes, French Dispatch. Um, So this is like... The... He does a real... I feel like he does a pretty good job at playing like shiny and new to the world of things. Like he does good at the sort of fish out of water...
0: Like a naive optimism.
1: Yes. He has he has that like baby face, naive optimism. And he does a good job at that. I just don't like
0: him. That's fair. That's <laughs> completely fair.
1: I feel like it's just me being a hater. Which, me being a hater? It's just like, when everyone tells you to like something, you're just like, no, I do not want to.
0: I... I liked his performance. I think he did some subtle things uh, because he opens the movie with the naive optimism and as he's exposed to the horrors of capitalism (laughs) and living in a capitalist society, he doesn't lose the optimism when he loses the naivety. Yeah. Which is not the easiest trick to pull off. It's It's very easy to becomes cynical in a performance.
1: is this a coming of age
0: movie? <laughs> kind of <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a way in a way uh, but his optimism actually spreads to the other characters who are, who start out as cynical.
1: yes he I will give him that he has incredibly expressive eyes mm-hmm. he does he does a really good job emoting with his eyes.
0: He's going to be a fascinating actor to see when he's no longer got the face of a 12-year-old.
1: <laughs> so in 50 years.
0: When when that man ages, I want to see what he does.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because he's kind of pigeonholed into very specific kinds of roles because of how he looks.
1: He looks like a Victorian twink, which is why he's is perfect he, for Baby Wonka. <laughs> for the
0: aesthetics? Yes. yes. He looked like a young Gene Wilder. He
1: really, yeah.
0: And a lot of that's down to that costume. I mean, that costume's iconic and the hair is iconic. But yeah. Still, like, he had that. You can see how. Going back to the, the optimism, you can see how 20, 30 years in that business would create a more cynical version of that character, which is Gene Wilder. Yeah. And how Gene Wilder would be able to find that optimism again in that movie. I actually think this movie helps the 71 more so than like when we did Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, how that kind of affected how we looked at some decisions made in the original trilogy. Yeah. I understand more now why Charlie Bucket in the 71 was so fascinated by Wonka's factory. Even though all we see in that movie is... Just a factory that looks like a factory, any other factory. And he uh, sits outside it with wonder in his eyes. Yeah. It's because he grew up in a world whose entire economy is based on chocolate.
1: (laughs) And laundry! His mom's a laundress!
0: And he comes into this world... uh, 30, 40 years later, however much later it is. Where Wonka has come in, changed how the world operates to a point where everyone gets chocolate... At least once a year, even the poorest of the poor Charlie Bucket, and his mom doesn't even have to make it. She can at least get a Wonka bar. You know? (laughs) Why he'd be fascinated by it. I'm sure he hears stories from Grandpa Joe all the time about this early age of Wonka before he became reclusive, when he was still building that factory in the castle. I'm sure he's heard stories of how he made Slugworth, Prodnose, and Fickle Gruber float into the gallery.
1: Yeah, how did they get out of prison later?
0: Money.
1: They're still the head of their respective... Like, I
0: highly doubt they went to prison. They probably paid a lot of fines.
1: I mean, he... The thing is, their money is all based in that chocolate that he was giving away for free.
0: Yeah, but they still had the the cash. No, they They didn't. They had liquid assets. No, they didn't. It
1: was all the chocolate. That's because they were siphoning it off and watering it down.
0: No, 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 no. I mean, they had the reserve. But they had other chocolate. Although they dumped all of their chocolate into the reserve to drown Willy Wonka, yes, they did. Where did they get the money to get out of jail? Maybe they served some time, but they probably got only hope. We know how the justice system works. In this fictional country, (laughs) okay, we don't know how the justice system works.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess it could have been they could the empire could have continued and yeah. yeah.
0: I wonder if uh, Little Noodle ended up acquiring the. Slugworth Estate. Maybe, maybe she turned on Waka. Ooh,
1: I would watch that movie.
0: Maybe the real Slugworth, who's the spy, is Noodle.
1: I'd watch. I'd watch the corruption arc of Noodle Slugworth.
0: <laughs> Waka to the corruption arc of Noodle. <laughs> I'll see the shit out of that
1: movie.
0: That sounds great. <laughs> but just wildly dark. All right, who plays Adult Noodle?
1: Uh, who's the, who's the chick from um, Fast and the Furious and Game of Thrones? The hacker from Fast and the Furious.
0: Oh!
1: She might even still be a little young.
0: Yeah, she's probably a little young. I was thinking, um, what's her face from uh, from us?
1: Lupita Nyong'o?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get Lupita Nyong'o in there.
1: Jordan Peele directs it.
0: (laughs) Keegan-Michael Key returns to play the cop.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. We just create gritty, grim, dark
0: in this universe. I'm just imagining a shot where Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa bathed in blood. (laughs) A mixture of blood and chocolate. That's what it is. It's the war for Loompa Land. Wonka 2 blood and chocolate. Oh my god. It's it's while Wonka's in Lupaland saving the Oompa Loompas, is when she takes over the factory. Goodness. They gotta they gotta break in, they gotta They gotta reclaim their territory and that's why he becomes a, a recluse. <laughs> he no longer trusts people. And the Oompa Loompas fight side by side with him and that's why they're indebted to Wonka. That's why they work in his factory for Coco. <laughs> Hollywood, I'm available. WGA, the strike's over. I can do this now. <laughs> Get at me. <laughs> oh my god. Walk a two, blood, and chocolate.
1: Oh no. Was <laughs> there anything else we need to cover? Uh,
0: that
1: you wanted to cover?
0: Uh, one more thing on the performance. Uh, it's something you said when we were walking home uh, with Chalamet. He did all these songs that Wonka sings. He did his own vocals. Yes. And it's something that I think they did really well, that they also did really well in the 71. And it is recognizing that the acting performance is more important than the singing performance. Yes. So the songs aren't overly produced. The The group numbers are. Yeah. But Wonka's songs specifically aren't overproduced. They're performances. Same as I want it now in the 71. I love her performance because it's not perfect. It's real. This is a child throwing a tantrum. She's not going to hit the notes perfectly. But also, especially if she's doing it 36 times on her 13th birthday. I
1: was going to say, I want to know which take they took. <laughs>
0: took. A bit of all of them. Just a <laughs> sprinkle of each. And it's, it's something that carried over into this. And I, I don't think it was intentional It's probably more related to how well that Les Mis film version did. Mm -hmm. But I appreciated that they were able to get a lot of emotion into these songs because they didn't try to overproduce them like Trolls World Tour.
1: (laughs) Yes, I did. I did appreciate that because it wasn't just Timothy Chalamet. It was the whole cast did all their own singing, which is cool.
0: Like Hugh Grant did the Oompa Loompa song. (laughs) Oh my God, that joke.
1: That was an excellent (laughs) joke. He
0: goes into the song... By saying, this song, I'm going to sing you a song and it will be stuck in your head for the next hundred years. It's so catchy. And the Ooppa song begins. And he starts doing the dance. <laughs> Bear in mind, at this point he's in a bell jar, so he can't do all the full sidesteps, he's bumping into the jar. And he says, once I start the dance, I can't stop. Which makes the 71 better. It explains why they all look miserable. The dance started and we can't stop this. <laughs> We gotta keep doing it with the spins and the arms and then bend over and look through our legs and then he farts a fucking vision into Wonka's face. That, that's the one joke that didn't quite hit well with me that I know was just there for kids. Little fart jokes. Yeah. But I digress. I would have loved it 10 years ago.
1: There were two There were two fart jokes because there was the one, the implied fart joke about having to fart out the bug.
0: I love an implied fart joke. Fair. That joke was great. The actual bend over and poot. Which, the fart cloud becomes the vision of the story he's telling Wonka. Yeah. Clever transition. Not It didn't quite fit everything else this movie did well.
1: I did like the little line where he was like, I don't think I want to hear it. It's too late. I've already started. (laughs) Did
0: you catch the one song with Rowan Atkinson and the monks? Where he's barking orders before the funeral? (laughs) That gets interrupted by the loose giraffe? (laughs) Yes, these are things that happen in this movie we didn't get into. It's... It's fun. Uh as he's giving them instruction and there's like the monk Gregorian chanting happening in the background they're responding to him in the chant. Yes. <laughs> it destroyed me. I want to rewatch it with a uh, caption so I can understand exactly what they're saying because I know there's jokes in there I missed and I love that shit. Yes. That was great. Yeah, the music was great. All the originals and then the the reimagining of the two songs from the original as well. The two that made sense to bring back for this one. The Oompa Loompa song and... Yeah. Pure imagination.
1: I did think that they brought Hugh Grant in really late. Again, it was rule of threes because it was the third time that you that he appeared was his the third mention of him.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then he was just an element of the story. But it was, it was like after the hour mark in a two hour movie.
0: Yeah, I don't think it needed more of him. I forgot he was in it until he showed up.
1: Yeah, I also don't think it needed more of him, but it was like there was already so much happening.
0: Yeah, he was just, he was a deus ex machina. Yeah. Let's be honest, that's what the character was. But I also like the dynamic he had with Wonka of enemies to rivals to enemies business partners to-, to friends, you know.
1: Enemies to lovers.
0: That anime 42
1: 42,000 words. A, an archive of our own joke. Sorry.
0: Oh, <laughs> that did not pick up on the bit. <laughs> uh, I, I went with anime rivals, but yes, that works too. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts for you? Uh,
1: no, it's it's charming. It's funny. It's two hours.
0: Yeah, a, a nice hour fifty nine. well paced I I had to pee at the beginning and forgot during most of the movie it kept my attention really well I liked it yeah Yeah. the next time you hear from us will be uh, just a few days after Christmas so we might as well do a Christmas uh, Christmas special here
1: would you say a Christmas musical?
0: possibly I would definitely say a Christmas carol We might as well, for our first Christmas pod, go to the uh, classic, it's Dickens, right? It is Dickens. The classic Charles Dickens tale, A Christmas Carol.
1: Which version are you going to be watching, my love?
0: The one. (laughs) I'm going to watch the movie based on A Christmas Carol. But until then, uh, you can catch our our socials in the description below, tree. Link to e slash soon major pod. Uh shoot us an email. Send me a tweet. Ignore Cody. She's not on Twitter anymore.
1: It's true. I'm not. I mean I am, like I still have an account, but I deleted the app.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Can't
0: give Elmo any more of your, your brain space.
1: Nope.
0: But until next time, uh we need some chocolate. <laughs>